Welcome to Chalk and Coffee, where you can grab a cup of coffee, tea, or whatever you fancy, and sit back, relax, and join our extraordinary ESL community. Here, you'll meet like-minded educators dedicated to making a difference in the lives of their students and hone your craft. I'm Jacqueline Millay, the host of Chalk and Coffee, and I'm so glad you're here with us today. This week, we're adding a new feature to the podcast. We have a message link on our Anchor platform where you have the opportunity to call in and ask a question. And this week, we actually have our first question from a teacher in Montreal. Hello, my name is Georgia, and I'm an ESL teacher from Montreal. I will be teaching a summer school course, mostly focusing on competency one, and I would like to know how I should go about evaluating my students for this competency on a virtual platform. If you can give me some uh, feedback, it'd be great. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to call in, Georgia. What a great question. It's so relevant for this summer, but heading into the 2020 fall school year, we should all probably be prepared for some online teaching, just in case. While attending a couple of virtual meetings with Learn Quebec's ESL Cafe, I did hear some great ideas for how other teachers were attempting to evaluate oral communication online this past spring. The most popular idea was to use a breakout room feature in the online meeting platform. The the platforms that they tended to use were was Zoom, actually that was the one they talked about in particular. Uh, the way that most teachers set it up was to pre-group the students and assign talking points to address, and then one student was responsible for recording the meeting. Uh, another thing that uh, was brought up would be to have students set up a podcast interview. So Anchor FM, which is the platform that I use to produce this podcast, offers a free way for student hosts to interview using cell phones, where up to five people can call in at the same time, and then they just simply have to publish their podcast, and you can go back and listen to the interviews. All of that being said, this is definitely a topic to be addressed in more depth in a future episode. So thanks for bringing it up this time, and keep your calls coming. If you happen to listen to our last episode, you would have heard our guest, Rachel Demers-Lambert, mention some helpful resources for ESL teachers. And one of the resources she mentioned was SPEAK, or the Société pour le perfectionnement de l'enseignement d'anglais langue seconde au Québec. And actually, I have a couple of vivid memories about my first encounters with SPEAK. The first time I attended a SPEAK conference, I was still an undergrad in uni, and that was during the way, way back in history, and a professor had suggested that I present a paper that I'd submitted. So I took a big breath, and I submitted the idea to the um, organizing committee, and it was accepted. So I was pretty nervous the day of the presentation, and... um, I went anyways, and I started my presentation, and so did the heckling start. The the heckler, actually, was looking for more practical ideas to bring back to the classroom from the conference, not the data that I was presenting. 
but I've barely been in a classroom. And so I was presenting research and, and yeah, it wasn't very practical. I was quickly rescued by a member of the very dedicated Speak Board of Directors who intervened and explained that Speak was actually a place for everyone to share information and that uh, they could access many different types of information there. So the heckling stopped, but my attendance at Speak conferences hardly skipped a year. And I've always found support, ideas, and camaraderie, even a job at the convention. Today, I'm thrilled to have with me Monique Manella, Vice President of Speak. Welcome, Monique. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're with us today. I thought we could start off perhaps with a little getting to know you and who is Monique and how did she come to speak? Sure. Well, I'm primarily an ESL teacher, have been for the last 23 years. I've taught at the primary level and then I moved on to the high school level. And for the last six years, I've been at the CEGEP level. I've always taught the core programs and the enriched programs. And also for the last 10 years or so, I have been teaching pedagogy courses at various universities in their respective TESOL programs. Wow, that's a quite a resume you've got there. Fantastic. Uh, how did you end up at Speak, though? Well, again, 23 years ago, when I first uh, got my first teaching contract, I felt this need to be part of something bigger, uh, to know what teaching ESL in Quebec was all about. And so I knew that Speak was the official uh, Association for ESL Teachers in Quebec, and I contacted them to see if there were any opportunities on the board of directors, and there was. And so I was the secretary um, for a year, and then I held a position of uh, portfolio um, director for a couple of years. And primarily, I've been the vice president of Speak. Um, a couple of years ago, I was the president for for a little while, and I switched back to being vice president where I'm most comfortable. Wonderful. Well, they're very lucky to have you and have all your experience that you've just brought and are keeping at that organization. Well, I've been hooked ever since. Great. So we've had a little history of Munich and how you came to speak. What about the history of Speak itself? Could you give us a little elevator pitch? Well, 48 years ago, a gentleman by the name of Keith Beckner wanted to start a group whereby teachers came together, ESL teachers would come together, share their resources, um, get training, provide training. And he was a CIGEP teacher at the time. And uh, it was a small grouping that he had. Um, and it was in a school. And then um, it became very popular, very useful. Teachers enjoyed the exchange and coming together because teaching ESL in Quebec is particular. And so it became a very important network. And 48 years later, it has grown exponentially. We are over 800 members. Wow. Yeah. And um, it's because of him. He had this idea of bringing us together, and he did. And he would be very proud to see how far it's come today. His name sounds really familiar to me. Where do I know it from? Well, that's perhaps because a, f a couple years ago, um, to honor him, we renamed one of our awards after him, and it's called the Keith Beckner Award. And his wife um, um, presented the award at Speak in his honor. Um, I remember that. It was absolutely a beautiful tribute to him. She spoke so eloquently about him. Yes. And, um, and so we can't forget him. And that award just reminds us of everything he's done for us. That's wonderful. What a great, what a great initiative. 
so all of these things are out there for Speak. Um, what? Uh, how do I become a member of Speak? Well, it's quite simple. You could simply go on the Speak site and register to be a member, and then you have access to our wonderful resources online. Or when you attend one of our events, like the convention or our other special interest group events, you then become a member. Okay. And and who can become a member? Anybody? Sure, anyone. Um, of course, our members tend to be those interested in ESL, publishers, uh, pedagogical consultants. But anyone who has an interest in ESL is definitely uh, welcome to become a member. We do have members from um, international parts of the world. Wow, that's a uh, quite a an honor. Uh, just temp, just witness to the value of what's going on at Speak. That's great. So, you were just mentioning that as a member, you have access to certain things. What what things do we actually have access to as a member of Speak? Well, of course, our website. We have uh, amazing resources for teachers, uh, new teachers, for parents, and um, so we have great resources there. Even uh, for parents. Sure, absolutely. For those who want to help their kids to uh, learn more English or to uh, supplement what they're learning already. So we have resources available. And uh, our website is changing and uh, it'll be launched by the fall. And it's going to be a fantastic website with even more resources and more benefits for members. That's great. It's exciting news coming. I also think that when I was on the website, I was taking a look at different references for teachers as well. So you have, you were mentioning their LESs, um, but I remember seeing other things there for teachers like uh, mini lessons or activities. Yeah, absolutely. We have uh, LESs provided uh, for, for members. We also have resources that uh, speakers, after they've given their workshop, um, give permission to those who are members to have access to those documents. And those are plentiful. And uh, we're lucky to have those. We also have access for members, um, grants. They can apply for certain grants whereby they submit their project idea. And we uh, have a committee that approves a project, uh, projects that we feel will help with the ESL community. So there's lots of possibilities to obtain funding for grants. And we also give uh, grants for pre-service and in-service teachers to attend the convention um, at um, in exchange for a project, for example, or volunteer work. Wow, that's great. Kind of like a grant I received for this podcast, which is exactly. very generous. Yes, thank you. Exactly. <laughs> so you've been talking a little bit about uh, the convention. Can you talk a little bit more about the convention? How does that work and where does it happen? Well, it it's, um, alternates every two years between the Montreal area and the Quebec City uh, area. In the last couple of years, it's been in Lévis just because the hotel was uh, more affordable and uh, was a more comfortable space. Um, so it alternates every two years. Um, uh, it's usually in the fall, and we have a very great offering of workshops, over 100 workshops to choose from over the course of two and a half days. We also have the award ceremony, which is the Thursday night. And also, we have amazing keynote speakers, usually one on the Thursday, Friday, and Saturday mornings. And I have to tell you that the convention, you leave with such a, uh, there's a there's a buzz and an excitement about going back to class on Monday morning and sharing and using the resources that you've uh, had the opportunity to 
obtain. And of course, this year is a little bit unique because of the COVID situation. Our convention has to be rethought. Uh, we don't think it's going to be in person. So we're looking at an online option, which will be as exciting. There'll be lots of perks for members and uh, those who become members. And the offering of workshops will not be any less than what you would get at the annual convention. Wow. I'm excited. I I can't wait. I'm loving all of this sharing that's going on in spite of all of the limitations that have been mm-hmm. put before us. It's great that uh, Speak's finding ways around it. Outside of the convention, does Speak offer any other events? Oh, yes. I think there's something for everyone, really. So we have our special interest groups who each have um, a convention of sorts, one-day training. So, for example, the Rascals group, which is the group for CIGEP teachers, they have their event uh, at the beginning of June, and um, that is, is hosted by different uh, different CIGEPs, and that also has a great offering of workshops for those who teach at that level. We also have our Intensig, or our Intensig Special Interest Group, and that's for teachers who teach intensive English. What does that involve? Well, those who teach intensive English tend to teach their English hours in a condensed format, whether it be in grade five or six. And some schools um, offer that in the uh, the province of Quebec. And so that special interest group has their event usually in the spring. And this year they had their event online and it was well appreciated, especially at the time, you know, provided resources at a time when people were not quite sure how to teach online. And then we have our diesel uh, special interest group, which is for teachers who teach enriched English. Is that mostly secondary school teachers? Yes, it's mostly uh, high school teachers. And that event is usually held at a different high school on a ped day. And that's also very well attended with over 100 um, teachers who teach enriched English. So we definitely have something for different pockets, different interests, and different uh, strands of teaching uh, ESL. That's great. I know that you also offer for Speak Campus. Uh, so not only for our already experienced teachers, or, or but teachers in training or students at the university level have some sort of access. Could you talk about that a bit? Sure. We've had Speak on Campus for over 23 years. I remember going to my first Speak on Campus and I was hooked. And then shortly after I joined the board of directors. So there are five events, one in Shikurimi, Abitsibi, um, um, Laval, meaning the Quebec City area, um, Montreal, and Sherbrooke. And these are five events that are run by students. Everything's organized by them. I oversee the events as vice president of Speak, make sh- making sure that uh, the rules are followed. But they are reaching teachers from their areas who may not have the opportunity to attend the convention. And also, um, it's really for pre-service teachers to make connections with in-service teachers and for them to grow and learn together. I really love our community. I know ESL, you said it earlier that it's a very special kind of teaching community, and it really is. The exchanges are just so rich and so open and sharing. It's Mm -hmm. great. Uh, So we've talked about your special interest groups and the different kinds of conferences that you offer. These are the only ways that people can get in touch with you at Speak. I know you also have a Facebook page. Yes, we do. We have a very active Facebook page, and we are very diligent about making sure that 
members know what's going on. We often will send out surveys and we try to get information from our members that will help speak be uh, a better place as a resource. And also sometimes we have researchers who want information and need the help of members. So we are very active. And uh, if I can talk about a really great contest that we have on Facebook, yes, I can talk about it now. Perfect. Yeah, I'd love to. Well, um, I was uh, doing my boot camp in the park the other night and there was a speak member next to me and she had her speak water bottle. And I thought, <laughs> I thought, why not have a contest whereby uh, members take a picture of themselves throughout the summer with their speak bottle and they can send in their pictures to uh, upload them to the Facebook page. And every week we'll have a draw for a $25 gift card for a bookstore. And then at the end of the summer, we will take all the entries and we will have a grand prize of $250 for a class set of books. Ooh. Ooh, I'm going to go get my water bottle out. Forget my little uh, Nalgene. I'm going to go grab my speak bottle again. Absolutely. That's great. Now, that's Facebook, but I hear you guys are moving forward with other social media platforms. Sure. I think it's about time. And uh, we are going to be starting with Twitter and Instagram. We know those are very popular platforms and um, teachers um, oh, we have a lot of younger teachers who perhaps prefer social media. And of course, we just want to make sure that we're accessible to everyone at all times. And uh, so we're going to be using more social media platforms to reach out. Nice. So when I'm tweeting, I should be hashtagging speak at some point soon. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's great. And you and Instagram too. Mm-hmm. That wonderful. I'm I'm a big fan. I love it. And I know that uh, a lot of conversations are happening on Instagram pages. Yes in addition to your Facebook page. Mm -hmm. That's great. Well, congratulations on all these new initiatives. That's wonderful. Uh, If I wanted to, how could I become more involved with Speak and and the Speak community? Well, we're always looking for volunteers at different times of the year. Of course, we need most volunteers right before the convention. Um, People who stuff the bags, those wonderful convention bags you get, are all stuffed by volunteers. And so anytime somebody wants to volunteer, again, especially before the convention, I recommend that you uh, contact the Speak office and uh, we will take your name and definitely contact you. Oh, wonderful. I'm hoping that lots of listeners would like to uh, give a hand and take that into consideration. Everything that we're saying, all of the links that we're mentioning, so Speak, uh, the website, it's all going to be in your podcast notes. And of course, we have a great newsletter. And so if somebody more inclined to write an article, by all means, write an article for the Speak newsletter. That would be great as well. Ah, the newsletter. That's right. I love receiving that in my Mm -hmm. inbox. It's fantastic. And you offer it two different ways. That's right. So we offer it either for, of course, for environmental reasons. We uh, do have a print format. And we also, uh, from time to time in the year, uh, have an online version. That's great. I love that you're moving more towards the environmental initiatives. I think it's really important. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're getting near the end of the interview, and I have a little thing I'd like to give a try. It's um, a couple of questions for the last few minutes. It's like a firing round of questions that I would like to ask you. Okay, I'm ready. Your game? Okay. So if Speak had a billboard, what would be on it? Oh, I think it would be a, a big group of teachers. Um, at the convention, smiling, sharing, and uh, and connecting, because that's what it feels like when I go to the convention. You're right. That is exactly how I feel, too. What is your best tip for making an ESL classroom a better place? 
I think it's it's really important to reduce the stress and to make students understand that we know what it's like to learn a second language and that our priorities to make them comfortable so they they do take risks speaking a second language. All right. If if oh, I got one. If you could rename speak, what would you name it? Uh, I don't think I'd re- rename speak simply because we are at its third naming. Uh, we've primarily been changing the uh, the P. And this time it's, it means perfectionat, and I don't think it needs any change. I agree. I think it's a beautiful name. It's very appropriate and fun because it's a play on words. If you could do anything to improve ESL teaching in general, what would it be? I think everyone would agree with me that we need more hours. We need more hours for students to be able to practice and to use more English. Here, here. Could I ask you to name three of your ESL teacher inspirations? Well, I have a lot, and I've met them really uh, through Speak. Uh, one of them would be Michelle Langlois. She's the one who um, got me connected with the Speak board of directors, and I worked with her for a long time. I'd say she's a mentor of mine. She's well-known in the Speak circle. Um, there's also um, uh, Teresa Caprelli, who's on the board of directors now, and I just appreciate her for her professionalism. And of course, Jill Brooke, who's also on the Speak Board of Directors, who to me is a mentor, very wise, and gives great advice. I'm sure, like you, I've got lots of people that I would like to mention and say thank you to for all of their help, because we are such a supportive community. Mm-hmm. Um, as an ESL teacher, what accomplishment makes you most proud? Anytime a student comes back, even if it's years later, and they say, Thank you for your class. Thank you for that one activity you did that was really special. That means the world to me. I think those are also important to hold on to. So when you do have a bad day or a bad few days, that you can always look back on those mm-hmm. encouraging Absolutely, words. Absolutely, yeah. If you were not an ESL maven, what would you like to try? I'm definitely a foodie, and so I think I would I would teach cooking. Mm, yum. I'll have to... See you in the future then and and uh, take you up on your cooking lessons, perhaps. Uh, so you're good at a lot of things. Monique, what are you not very good at? I'm not artistic in the sense of drawing or painting. <laughs> I'm very creative, but not artistic. Wonderful. I, you don't have to be good at everything. Mm. Uh, what's your favorite part of going back to school? Oh, the smells of fall and just knowing that there's a new start. And I, let, I like having the new the new books, the new papers, the new pens and pencils. It's just the newness, which I love. Me too. I'm, I think probably the majority of our listeners have that same kind of feeling. So I have a couple of either or questions just before we finish up. So uh, digital agenda or paper? Definitely paper. C1 or C3? C1. Are you stickers or stamps? Stickers. Flare pens or something else? Flare pens are good. And are you a Pinterest classroom teacher or a little more chaotic? I'm not Pinterest. I think I get overwhelmed with the choices and everything to look at. So, no, I I go it alone. (laughs) You're your own person. Forget Pinterest. And last question before we go, what's on your summer reading list? This year, it's all about pedagogy. So I'll be reading lots of different books about teaching online, how to be an effective online teacher. And just in case that's where we'll be in the fall. I like to be prepared. Wonderful. Well, Monique, I really appreciate this, and I'm sure our listeners do too. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're very welcome. Thank you.
That's it for our episode today. Don't forget to call in with your questions and we will try and feature it on the show. Thanks for listening. And if you liked it, don't forget to click the subscribe button. Now, go grab that second cup of coffee and see you next time at Chalk and Coffee.